Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. All one word. Were you and your friends going to start murdering each other if the FBI hadn't been so dishonest and came in and infiltrated? I guess we'll never know. So I'm watching a video called History of the Black Panther Party on YouTube. Uh, the guy who made it is called the Cynical Historian. I figured I'd uh, summarize the history of the Black Panther Party. I guess a couple things to know. A lot of this has happened in the 60s. Um, Malcolm X was murdered in 65. Uh, I think he was part of Nation of Islam and and then maybe he left, or I don't know. Nation of Islam got mad at him. Some of them did. And they murdered Malcolm X, 65. Um, MLK was murdered in 68, just for kind of context of the civil rights leaders at the time. And they were passing, like, equal rights uh, laws and whatnot in 64 and 65 uh, with LBJ as the president signing those bills. Okay, and then uh, Ronald Reagan is becoming governor in 1966. And according to this guy, uh, Ronald Reagan was racist. He ran on a racist uh, platform. I'm not going to say whether or not I feel that way myself, but that's what this guy says. So, anyways, some people look at it that way. And so, still in 66, uh, Huey P. Newton, he's famous, and Bobby Seale... Uh, he's still alive. Um, they created the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, 1966. And so those two guys created a manifesto, and it uh, basically like saying America is racist, um, black people shouldn't be eligible to be drafted, and I think they were also Marxists, so communists. Basically, they thought maybe they were part of a communist revolution that was going to take over the country like uh, other communist revolutions. And I don't know if they really believed that, but that was kind of the way they were talking. And they really did not like the police. Uh, I, think, I think they thought the cops were murderers, uh, if that rings a bell at all to you. And so they had, you know, maybe they're, 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 they're starting to be a little bit paramilitary. And so they had an outfit, which was black leather jackets and black berets, which I guess was modeled on revolutions going on in Africa at the time. I mean, revolutions? Is that, I think that's after like the British and whatnot left. So maybe wars. I mean, you know, I guess one man's revolution is another man's uh, whatever. But anyways... To go with the gear, they also car carried around a lot of guns. Um, in California at the time, 66, open carry was completely legal. So anyone could carry around any gun they wanted, whenever they wanted, and wherever they wanted. And so the Black Panthers started to counter-patrol the cops. So I guess, you know, the cops are driving around, uh, the Black Panthers would drive around. And when the cops got out to deal with something... The Black Panthers would get out, you know, holding their guns and watch them. And I don't think, and like it's one thing, you know, if that's legal, if open carry is legal, then that's great. But if, you know, if you're known for hating the cops and then you're following the cops and you're getting, you know, and you're walking around following, following them in their cars, following them on foot, carrying a gun, 
I don't know if they had. A, I don't know if they had a lot. They didn't have a law against it. We're about to get to that. But you know, like if you know, say some woman, say some uh, woman has an ex boyfriend, and open carry is legal in his state, and you know, and then here we go. In quotes, he's just driving his car, following her around all the time. He's just walking behind her all the time with a gun. Uh, you know, so that ain't legal. Um, the Black Panthers are. Well, I think we'll hear. They're a little bit violent, and it didn't really. Whatever. Peaceful uh, protest goes better than violent protest. I think we'll see. But anyways, I don't have any sympathy for people counter-patrolling cops with guns. And I bet the cops, L.A. cops, are probably racist as hell back then, but still doesn't mean you can counter-patrol them with guns. You're going to have to figure out some peaceful solution. Whoops, I said L.A. This is Oakland. So as you can imagine, so the Black Panthers and the cops were having confrontations. Um... I'm not going to look into each little confrontation or even talk about them all. So I'll just say, if you're woke, the cops were at fault. If you're not woke, the Black Panthers are at fault. And probably in some individual cases, whichever side you're on, the other side was right and you're wrong. So, like I said, Reagan, Ronnie the Reagan, he's, uh, he's president. And so in 67... The California legislature outlaws open carry. They're uh, tired of all these black people walking around with rifles and shotguns. And uh, the Black Panthers, this is kind of a famous thing. They go to the the California like legislature building, whatever, the giant big fat building. And they go there with all their guns and they, whatever, they go to protest the lobbying passed. I think they go in the building with their guns, uh, but the cops push them out. And it's kind of interesting. I'm listening to some guy talk. I think it's Bobby Seale, maybe. Anyways, some some high-up guy who's not Huey P. Newton. And he's like, it's racist to take guns away from black people. So that was kind of... So I guess the Black Panthers... I mean, you know, whatever. I've been saying it, but I didn't quite realize it. So they were like a... Whatever. A group that loved having guns, basically. They weren't saying, oh, the Second Amendment and Constitution is good. They are saying America's racist. But anyways, they like their guns. Yeah, so they like their guns. I mean, basically, they thought that maybe they were really part of a revolution. Which makes me think of something else someone said. When they passed the Civil Rights Act, I think there's a couple of them, whatever. When they did those laws in, like, 64, 65... It didn't actually affect most black people. Like, what it was is that the South was doing a bunch of stuff that was changed by those laws. Like, you know, they had, like, the the separate drinking fountains, separate schools, whatever. They had segregation. So the South was radically changed by the laws, by the civil rights laws of 64, 65. But... You know, if you lived in Chicago, L.A., New York, or whatever, um, they weren't strictly segregated. I mean, some of them had little laws, you know, they had redlining, they had other stuff, but it wasn't like the hardcore thing in the South. So, you know, in the South, maybe it's like, oh my God, now I can buy a house on the other side of the town when I couldn't buy a house before. But in L.A., they passed all those laws. It's like, uh, I'm still living where I was living. There ain't nothing different. Which I think is why 
you know, because like you know, as we head towards '68, when there's just tons of riots, um, whatever, you know, like oh, you should be happy. We passed the Civil Rights Act of '64, '65. Uh, well, no, that didn't actually have any change on most black people's lives. So you should know that. People should know that. It makes those riots a bit more understandable, I guess. Even though the you know, when you riot and burn down your own neighborhood. The only person you hurt is yourself, so whatever people are like, yay, civil rights, yay, oh no, they've destroyed their neighborhoods and they won't be rebuilt for 40 years until something called gentrification comes in, damn it. So the mildly amusing part about this stuff is that they got clips of Ronald Reagan saying like, what, there's no reason a person should ever be walking around with a loaded gun. Whereas, you know, if Reagan was governor today, that's not what he'd be saying. He'd be like, the Second Amendment, baby. That makes me want to talk about open carry versus concealed carry. Uh, open carry is where you carry your gun and everyone can see it. You know, and concealed carry is where you hide it. Uh, you know, like a lot of states have laws. Concealed carry, you have to get a permit. And so maybe you can open carry, like anyone can open carry. You might think it'd be the other way around. Anyone can open carry. But you gotta get a, you know, go to a class or something to concealed carry. But anyways, in my opinion, I do not like open carry. Concealed carry is fine. Like, concealed carry is fine, except for every time someone who's concealed carrying, they're always like, "Hey, you want to see my gun?" And I'm like, "No, I don't want to see your gun." That's not the point. Like, you know, I'm I'm a super believer in gun safety. When I go shooting, man, I'm all about gun safety. So no, I don't want to see your gun. You know, you're drinking a beer. Don't show me your gun. Anyways, an open carry, it's like, I don't want to see your gun. Someone could run up and try and grab your gun. Whatever. I just, I don't like the look of it because people are idiots. You know, if I see someone carrying around a gun, open carry, my first assumption is that's an idiot carrying around a gun, open carry. And I think nine out of ten times, I'm right. I know I have a buddy who got his open carry, or his concealed carry license. And, you know, he's a, whatever, he's got a degree, he's got, he owns a company, he's a right on dude. But he said that like everyone else in the class besides him was just like the exact kind of dirtbag that you do not want to have a gun walking around. Yeah. And then in this clip of Reagan I'm watching, the one good thing he mentions is that, you know, it's one thing to open carry. You know, like, you know, like say you live in Timbuktu and there's rattlesnakes and you got a gun on your hip. But the Black Panthers, were they were open carrying and... I think there was an impl I'm sure you could find quotes. There was an implied threat that they meant to use those guns uh, basically on white people. So that makes it a little different. Or maybe not white people, maybe cops. Maybe both. I don't think they were fans of either one. I think they had a lot of like, I think their secretaries were like white women. But anyways, that's another story. Okay, and then, so 67... Basically, the Black Panthers could not uh, follow around the cops with guns. Then in 69, they started doing kind of community outreach stuff. So they started like little schools to teach, uh, I don't know, black kids to be Black Panthers. I'm watching this thing. There's a picture of like maybe seven-year-olds. And they're all dressed in little uniforms. And they all got little berets on. And also, they did like soup kitchens and some kind of like healthcare stuff. Basically trying to help poor black people, I guess, in the inner city. Okay, so people thought that was right on. I mean, I don't see why it ain't right on. It is right on. If you want to feed the hungry, go for it. 
And so that made the, now the Black Panthers started getting popular. And so all across America, Black Panther chapters were popping up, I guess, and doing uh, whatever, helping out the community. But while this is going on, they're still Marxists, a.k.a. communists. So they started becoming friends with like Cuba, North Korea, China, and Algeria. I'm not sure why not Russia, but anyways, they started becoming friends with other countries, which uh, I'm not sure that's legal, or at least it's going to draw the eyes of the FBI. And they opened up uh, like an office in Algeria, and they were, I don't know, I don't know if it was you know, people going back to Africa or vice versa or whatever, but they had a you know, like an African, Africa power type of thing going on, they thought. 1969. Well, in fact, uh, the FBI, under J. Edgar Hoover, they had their eyes on the Black Panthers and all sorts of, whatever, any black group that wanted to, whatever, any black group that was like the Black Panthers. Starting in 67, they started uh, keeping an eye on them, and J. Edgar Hoover did not like them. Did not like that kind of group. Did not like the Black Panthers in specific. Yeah, that's right. I think J. Edgar Hoover wasn't like a big fan of MLK. So whatever. He didn't like none of that black civil rights or black power. So the FBI is going to like turn all the black groups against each other later on. But in 68, Huey P. Newton, the uh, charismatic leader, um, he got pulled over by some cops and... And I don't know, I think this guy is woke. He says that uh, the cops pulled him over. Huey grabbed one of the cops' guns, shot both of the cops, and then one of the cops shot him right back. And I believe one of the cops died. Well, yeah, the cop did die. But I guess uh, it wasn't a clear-cut case or whatever, so he didn't like go down for murder. Probably if you're woke, you feel one way. If you're not woke, you feel the other way. And the Black Panthers were very woke. They were not happy. So while the Black Panthers were pissed about that, um, MLK got murdered. And then a lot of black people were like, oh, nonviolent protest is not the way to go. So that made the Black Panthers even more popular. You know, black power was getting big. And there's also the famous picture, um, 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico had uh, some black, black uh, medal winners on the podium holding up their fists in the black power symbol. So this is kind of funny. Uh, so in 1969, they're getting popular. There's 5,000 members across the U.S. More than half of them are women. Like, I think if you were like a cool dude with a black leather jacket and a beret, you were getting so much tang. I mean, whatever. It'd be like that Eddie Murphy skit where he's like picking it up off the street and put it. He's like, I'll put it that in my pocket. Makes me think of like how the black church is kind of held together by the women. Um, might be, you know, maybe uh, going to your Black Panther meeting was kind of, uh, you know, I wonder if you did. I wonder if they did it on Sundays as a substitute. And I guess one of the big chapters was in Chicago, and there was a guy named Fred Hampton. He was the leader, and like he was, whatever. He was a good-looking, badass dude, and. Apparently, he, like, got the leaders of the Chicago gangs together, and they stopped gang violence or something. I'd like to know more about this, but anyway, that's all I know. Now you know as much as I know. But J. Edgar Hoover was like, uh, we can't have no messiah, black person, leading all the blacks. And so, 
they sent some uh, cops in to raid them. And, you know, these people are always carrying guns, too. So they're probably highly illegal. And Hampton died in the raid. Okay, I wasn't sure, but I looked it up. Yeah, so they just made a movie about uh, Hampton. It was called Judas and the Black Messiah. Because, like, the FBI had a informant or whatever. They had an undercover guy in the Black Panther group. And apparently he told them where Fred Hampton was. And I guess that's why, you know, whatever. So maybe it's his fault that Fred Hampton died. Kind of. I mean, he didn't do the shooting itself. I heard that movie's alright, so you might check it out if you want to know more. I guess what I'll say is, what I'm getting from this is that of all the Black Panther people, like the only one who could have really gone on to be a big, whatever, national figure, you know, maybe leading black people towards better things, it sounds like Fred Hampton was that guy. And uh, the man, the man killed him. Makes me think of that movie, uh, Don't Be a Menace to Society While You're Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. And there's like, you know, it's a, it's a comedy about, it's a black comedy. And anyways, there's some character and he's going to college and they, you know, they all take him to college and all his friends are like gangsters, but they take him to college and he's getting ready to walk up the steps and make something of himself. And they're all talking about, wow, I never thought anyone that we knew from our neighborhood would ever make anything of themselves. And boy, he's going to do great and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets shot like like a sniper bullet and then you know the camera goes over and shows who shot him and it's this white guy and he pulls out a list and it's like a list of black names you know it's like oj simpson and it's crossed out and stuff like that and all the people are like all the guys all the friends are like the man all right this thing i'm watching doesn't mention a couple things about huey p newton you know like why wasn't he the because he's a well-spoken look good looking dude um who killed that cop but, you know, why didn't he maybe become a huge star? And so they don't mention it. But anyways, I went on Wikipedia to double check. And so not only did he kill that cop, you know, whatever. He didn't get a lot of years. Eventually, they, in fact, they, uh, they revert. He was convicted and then they eventually reversed the conviction based on hung juries. I don't know if it was OJ style or what. But here's a, here's a sentence from Wikipedia. Later in life, he was also accused of murdering Kathleen Smith and Betty Patter, although he was never convicted for either deaths. So I don't know anything about it, but maybe, uh, you know, he just, uh, it was, he was a little bit unseemly. He wasn't going to be the, the star of the new black power movement. You know, don't murder people, or else don't hang around while people are getting murdered. Tell you what, I'll give you another sentence from Wikipedia because it's interesting. Despite graduating from high school not knowing how to read, he taught himself literacy by reading Plato's Republic and earned a PhD in social philosophy from the University of from UC Santa Cruz. That's after black power stuff, but whatever. Interesting guy. And that's Huey P. Newton that I'm talking about. It makes me think of Fig Newton, but I believe they are unrelated. Alright, so what happened to all the bigwigs? They're going down. So Bobby Seale, right, he was one of the two guys who originally started it. Uh, he organized a bunch of protests in Chicago over the, whatever, Fred, Fred Hampton being whatever, assassinated, he says. And then he went to jail for contempt of court. And then they uh, indicted him for ordering a murder of someone, you know, well, whatever, a Black Panther person in New Haven. 
Huey P. Newton was in and out of jail for murder, as I kind of mentioned. There was another famous guy, Eldridge Cleaver. You might have heard of his name. He was the Ministry of Information for the Black Panthers. And he left the country because he was, uh, whatever. They were looking at him for murder. And then there was a famous black lady named Angela Davis, who was kind of associated with them. And she had to go on the run because... They thought she helped the Black Panthers get some guns, which they then used to go uh, go on a police shootout. A shootout with police. Don't know the results of that one. But Angela Davis has got a hell of a fro. I mean, it's the best fro. Of all these people, by far the best fro is Angela Davis. Alright, this is kind of funny. It reminds me of like the... If you know about like the murder of Tupac Shakur and uh, Biggie Smalls, Anyways, the Black Panthers, the west side, you know, the west side of the country, Black Panthers, and the east side of the country, Black Panthers, they couldn't get along. And then they were, like, going around looking for snitches and kind of murdering each other. And apparently they had a rule that don't do drugs while, while you're a Black Panther, but they were no longer able to follow that rule too well. And apparently they, like, whatever, if you were on the lookout for your, whatever, your little, uh, whatever, the house. Your trap house that's full of Black Panthers and their guns, and you're smoking weed and you're on the lookout, they'd beat your ass. And the organization is kind of breaking up, and so some of them created something called the Black Liberation Army, and they were terrorists. And there's a debate, you know, like, can you put their terrorist acts on the Black Panthers or say, well, they split off from them, those ain't Black Panthers. So, if you're woke, one, if you're not woke, the other. They did, like, bank robberies and bombings. Um, There's some, was it the Weathermen? There's a white group that also did bank robberies and bombings. Oh, that's the 70s terrorists for you. Well, actually, 69. Alright, 1971. This is the end. Stuff is going to hit the fan. So Newton was in Oakland, and he wanted to do, like, you know, food bank stuff. And Cleaver was in New York, and he wanted to do more uh, revolutionary stuff. They did not like each other. And in Harlem, one of the black, some Black Panther guy got murdered. And so the East Coast Black Panthers, they blamed the West Coast Black Panthers. So they captured a Western Black Panther named Sam Napier, and they tortured him to death. And the media caught wind that the FBI was kind of whatever, was trying to, was doing all sorts of bad stuff to take down the Black Panthers. But it was too late. Black Panthers had kind of destroyed themselves at that point. And in 72, Algeria became friends with America and cut off the Black Panther embassy. And they kept doing a little bit of stuff like, you know, signing people up to vote and handing out food in Oakland up until 1982. But Really, they were nothing like they used to be. So maybe Fred Hampton would have been like a great person if he hadn't been killed. Although, I think, you know, all the other famous Black Panthers, if they had died earlier, people would be like, that person was the savior if he just would have lived. But we know what happened because they did, they did live and they turned out to be pieces of crap, basically. Getting on drugs and murdering. So anyways... Fred Hampton, there you go. There's your there's your uh, Black Messiah, right? Judas and the Black Messiah. There you go.